we are going to turn our Bible to Psalm 103, Psalm 103, and I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards, Psalm 103 from verse 1 onwards. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, to those who remember his commandments to do them. It's very important. Verse 18, just if you want to highlight it, I'm going to come back to a verse that is way ahead of this. And you're going to circle this also because God is going to speak to us from this. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, you Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. These are very important key words. I want you to mark these. Verse 21, verse 20, verse 18. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, all my soul. Praise be to God. As you read these, how many verses are here? As you read these 18, 21, 22 verses are here in Psalm 103. As you read these 23 verses in Psalm 103, 20, 22 verses. As you read these 22 verses in Psalm 103, you see the Spirit of God recording God's ways, man's ways in Psalm 103. So in Psalm 103, we see God's ways, man's ways recorded here. And it is through the writer of this Psalm, was David. The Spirit of God is having David write this psalm 
inspired by the Holy Spirit. So this is God's word. It's not just David is saying something. It's the Spirit of God saying through David. So here we sing praises to God. And there are two um, divisions here when you see praises to God. So it talks about God's healing power. We praise him for that. And it also talks about God's forgiving power. You see that in verse 3. This God, our God, he forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. So we praise him. Sunday we saw, we praise him because he's good. He's been good to us. He'll be good to us. And under his goodness, in his goodness, we can we can split that into two. The goodness of the Lord, what the goodness of the Lord does. The goodness of the Lord works for our bodies and it works for our soul. The goodness of the Lord works for our bodies and for our souls. So he forgives our sins. That's on the deeper level. And then, then he heals us from all our sicknesses. So that is for the body. Our God cares for our souls and he cares for our bodies. So whatever sickness that is there, disease of the soul and disease of the body, God knows it all and God can heal anyone from any of those diseases, whether it's the disease of the body or disease of the soul. So these are things God does for those who fear him. That means you understand that he's God. You understand that he's God almighty. You understand that he has the power to heal you from your sins. And he has the power to heal you from your sicknesses. These two things God alone can do. Man can do. God can do. So God says in his word that he and he alone heals us from all our diseases, forgives us from all our iniquities. So when you look at verse 3, you can underline the word all. It's not he forgives some of our iniquities. No, he forgives all our sins. He heals all our diseases. So this God who does these things for mankind, who who cares about human beings, he says, you know what? Every sin that you have done, I want to forgive you of all your sins. This is God's desire and he does it. So he wants to do it. He can do it, but we must want the same thing. So in the lives of those who want his forgiveness and go to him for his forgiveness and receive his forgiveness, he is so generous. He forgives them of all their iniquities. And to those who go to him for healing for their sicknesses and those who believe in God for the healing for their sicknesses, God is faithful. He has the power to heal them of all their sicknesses. Our God is all powerful. There's no disease under the heavens. No, there's no disease in heaven. There's no disease under the heavens. When we look at even the um, uh, creation, wherever in the solar system, whatever it is, there's nothing that will not respond to the voice of God. There's nothing that is big that can say that, hey, I'm bigger than you, oh God. No, there's nothing that's bigger than God. God is sovereign over everything. God is high above everything. God can control anything and everything he can. Now, this God who has the power over our bodies and power over our souls. He cares about our bodies. He cares about our souls. He wants to heal our bodies and he wants to heal our souls. When we have the understanding that this is who our God is, it gives us every reason to praise him. So when we think about the goodness of God, think about how his goodness reached out to your soul, how his goodness reached out to your bodies. Think about that and praise him. He forgives all my sins, and he heals all my diseases. This is who 
our goddess. So as we see this, this just summarizes everything, you know, that he is the God who takes care of our souls and takes care of our bodies. So within the taking care of the soul and taking care of the bodies, I want to divide that into two things. So taking care of the soul and taking care of the body, if you look at human beings, you have a spirit man on the inside and you have a house on the outside. Your house, we've heard this several times already, but the Lord is leading me to say it again, so I'm saying it. So the body, which is the house for your soul, your spirit, is just an external thing, external component, ex- external thing that people see. People see our bodies and they hear our voices and and they hear the words and they relate to us based on what they see on the outside. But the real person, the real you is on the inside. That's why once the spirit leaves, they no longer call them a human being or a, or a person. They call it a dead body. That's all. It's just a body because the spirit is gone. The soul is gone. The person who is on the inside is no more there. All you see is the body. The person is gone. So the person who had the emotions, the person who was speaking, the person who was relating, the person who has the personality, the person is gone. The person is gone. So it's just the body. So this body that is housing the real me on the inside is just a temporary housing. It's not even a permanent casing. It's just a temporary casing. Whether the casing is permitted by God for 40 years, 20 years, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years, 120 years, or even 200 years, um, nobody lives that long. But however long that casing is made for, you know, certain certain cabinets are made to last for 10 years, certain cabinets, depending on if it's all plywood, it'll fall away soon, depending on what the casing is made up of, you know, the duration and the durability is there. Just like that human body. When sin is there, the Bible says that evil man will cut short his life. A righteous man prolongeth his life. And when you look at that, however that casing is made to live, however long that God sees that this casing that is housing the soul needs to be here, that casing will be there. That house is going to be there. So this is not a permanent housing. Your body is not permanent. My body is not permanent. And what we see on the outside is not permanent. It's not permanent. First of all, when you see a child that is born, the child that's born doesn't stay the same way. It changes. The child changes. And after it hits a certain point in life, then all of a sudden you see, you know, whatever strength that is there, it's starting to get weaker. All of a sudden the joint pain comes. All of a sudden the slowness comes. And all of a sudden the memory problem comes. And all of a sudden, you know, pulling, muscle pull, muscle twitching, this happens, that happens. Slowness comes and and delay comes. And all of a sudden, you know, wrinkles come and all these things come. And you see the cycle. Even the casing doesn't stay the same way. From birth to death, the body is changing. It's changing and it's changing. Nobody can say, well, I'm going to be the same way when I'm 60 years old or when I'm going to 70 years old, when I'm going to be 80 years old. No matter how much you want to, you have no control over it. No one has the control over their bodies. No one, including myself. No one has power over their bodies. Only God. Only God has the power over our bodies. So only God is the one who can give power to the fate. See, anything that is beyond the natural realm is God's power. It is the supernatural power. So, God gives power to those who serve him. That goes for their bodies too. That's why people who are genuinely serving God, if you look at them, they'll be much more in shape and they will 
do God's work effectively than people who are not serving God. Their health will be way better than those around their age. They will be more efficient. They'll be producing fruit because God's word says, as you get older, you produce more fruit. This is God's word. So the blessing of God that rests upon those who fear him, who've given their hearts over to him and who put him first is twofold. He blesses their soul on the inside and also the temporary casing that is on the outside. He blesses that also. So the blessing of the Lord, it goes on the soul and it goes in the body. And the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich. He adds no sorrow with it. So when a blessing comes from God, it is void of sorrow. Doesn't mean that you won't have any trouble. You won't have any problems. No, we have God. And God solves everything. So there's no sorrow with it. The enemy can come and try to say, let me knock this down and see. Let me knock that down and see. But God, our God, is there every single time to protect us from harm and danger. As the Bible says in Psalm 34, not one of his bones shall be broken. That means Jesus was beaten beyond recognition. But even though he was beaten beyond recognition, not one of his bones were broken. That means God didn't allow his bones to be broken. So God, who is sovereign over everything, sets that limit to what can happen and what cannot happen. He alone has the permission for that. So when you think about your body, which is a casing for your soul, which is a temporary casing for your soul, and the amount with which people put their time and their effort into that, building that casing, it's really worthless when you think about those who don't put effort on their soul, that they keep putting their foot on the casing, but not on what's on the inside. What's on the inside matters the most. What's on the outside matters too. But if you don't have regard for who's on the inside, then whatever you do to the outside is like trying to go to a, to a, to a tomb and try to decorate the tombstone, decorate the tombstone, decorate the tombstone. Meanwhile, underneath you have all disintegrated, decayed body and bones. We need to be people who are alive on the inside. And then you can have good casing on the outside. God takes care of his people. He takes care of our bodies. He takes care of our soul. So soul comes first. He takes care of our soul and he takes care of our bodies. There's a scripture that says, God delights in the prosperity of his servants. God delights. That means it makes happy to make his servants prosperous. God gets happy when he prospers his servants. So there are specific things that God does for his people. But God says, twofold, I'll bless you. I'll bless your soul and I'll bless your body. I'll bless your soul and I'll bless your body. So the spirit man on the inside is the most important person. That's the real you. That's the real me on the inside. And if we don't take care of that and we try to take care of the outside, we'll be like fools trying to, like I said, paint a tombstone a hundred times. Meanwhile, on the inside is all decay and death. God, our almighty God, in Psalm 103, he says, he takes care of our soul and he takes care of our bodies. He forgives all our sins and he heals all our diseases. That's his power. That's what he wants to do to all those who say. Now, 
that I know that you have the power to heal all my sicknesses, to forgive me of all my iniquities, to heal me of all my sicknesses. I'm going to see you as my God, who has the power to forgive me and who has the power to heal me. The way we see God is important. As I was sharing with you a little while ago, Moses, after this, saw God as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. When Thomas saw Jesus and he put his finger into his, you know, nail prints and he put his finger into his side, he said, my Lord and my God. There's this realization. There's this realization. He is my Lord. He is my Lord. He's really my Lord. He really rose again from the dead. There's this encounter and there's this reality, this truth that is established in Thomas's heart. And Moses sees God as Jehovah Nisei. God, you gave me the strength to keep my hands up. You gave me the strength for these men to hold my hands up. You gave Joshua and the people strength to fight. Though the enemy were fighting. You gave us mighty victory. You gave us the grace to do all these things. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. It's important for us to see God for who he is. And I want to take you to here. So within, within God's provision for our soul and God's provision for our bodies, which is a healing, within that is God's divine provision, you know, for whatever we need. Our needs can be met by God, who takes care of this casing, this earthly casing that God has given. Always remember, soul comes first. If the disease of the soul is healed, 50% of the disease of the body will automatically be healed. The other 50, he is still the healer. You can go to him for that and say, Lord, you have said in your scripture that you heal all my diseases. You are the Lord God who heals. There's no disease that you cannot heal. So I look at you as my healer. I look at you as my healer. The one who heals me from all my sicknesses. Praise be to God. I'm going to take you to verse 6, 7. These two are very important. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Wherever the devil comes, and he perverts the righteousness, he perverts the righteousness. Wherever Satan comes, and he says, oh, I have the power, you see. It's a liar who lied from the beginning. Who tries to come and say, well, look at what I'm going to do. Because Satan is called the deceiver. Satan works through deception. Satan works through lies. There's there's no truth in lies. And those who belong to the truth will not partner with lies and will not partner with liars. So when the partnership happens, the spirit of a lie will become their boss. But here we see God executes righteousness. When he sees oppression, when he sees injustice, God says, I am going to execute my righteousness. That means God says, I'm going to come here and I'm going to make the situation right. I'm going to set things right. In your life, if you're facing injustice, if you're facing 
opposition, know this for sure. Our God will come and he'll execute his righteousness. The judge is at the door. He will come and execute righteousness, his righteousness, God's righteousness. And he will show justice for all those who are oppressed. God is a righteous God. He cares for your soul and he cares for your body. So when it comes to God executing righteousness, there are two types of God's execution of righteousness and justice. One for your soul and other for your body. For your soul is whatever evil spirit, sin that is trying to corrupt your soul. When you look to God and not partner with the devil, God will execute righteousness on those demonic spirits. God will execute his justice on those demonic spirits that tries to hurt your soul because your soul is the real you. So that could be whatever it may be. Satan is trying to bring the old sin. That means you know that the hostility, the hostile army, it is coming against to invade you, the real you on the inside. That's what mental attack is. The army on the outside, hostile army that is hostile to you because you are a prince or a princess in the kingdom of heaven. This hostile demonic spirit will come to attack the you on the inside. That's when people try to have mental attack. Why? This hostile enemy is trying to say, I'm going to come. I'm going to fight with you. And you know what Satan does? He does exactly what he did to the children of Israel. Raised a giant that looks big, raised a giant that sounded big, and made him say all kinds of scary things. We need to know that our God is bigger, and our God cares for our souls. He protects our souls. He protects our bodies. So when Satan comes to attack the mind, when Satan comes to pull you down, when Satan comes to discourage you, when Satan comes to tear you down, you know what you need to do? You need to look to God, who is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. Psalm 121. The Lord is your shade by your right hand. The Lord is your keeper. He keeps your soul and he keeps your body. To all those who commit themselves to God, God says, I will keep your soul. I will keep your body. He takes care of the real you on the inside and he takes care of the casing that needs to protect the real you on the inside. As long as this real you on the inside needs to be here to do what this real you is supposed to do, the casing will be well protected by God Almighty. No matter what the enemy may try to do, God says, I am your healer. I am your healer. The Lord is your healer. He himself is your shade. No matter what attack may come, God says, I will protect you from all the attacks of the enemy and I will execute my righteous judgment upon those demonic spirits that tries to come to invade your mind, that tries to come and invade your body, that tries to come and corrupt your soul, that tries to come and corrupt your body. You know, whose side you should be? You should be on the Lord's side. When you are on the Lord's side... God will fight for you. This is the key. Write this down. Don't partner with Satan and try to expect God to come and help you. Partner with God. Be on God's side. When you're on God's side, he will be by your side and he will execute judgment over your enemies. Whatever is trying to attack your mind, whatever is trying to attack your body, whatever is trying to attack your family, whatever is trying to attack our church, whatever is trying to attack us. God says, this is God's word for the month of September. God says, whatever comes against you, I will stand by your side. 
whatever comes against you, I will stand by your side as a righteous judge and I will execute my righteous judgment. God will do it. So God will stand with us to execute his righteous judgment on whatever that tries to attack our souls, whatever that tries to attack our bodies. There's God's word. God will protect your soul. God will protect your body. God will protect your family. God is your healer. He heals your body and he heals your soul on the inside. Healing of the soul cannot happen without forgiveness of sins. That's where the healing of the soul takes place. And healing of the body also needs the healing of the soul. Like I said, 50% of the disease will be gone if your soul gets right with God and receives God's healing on the inside because it's all interconnected. And then whatever else needs to get healed, God, out of his mercy and by his grace, will work on your body to bring you to a place of faith where you can receive the healing that God has for you. So now, this is very important here. The Lord execute righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. God does that. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. This is very, very important verse. It's amazing because um, on the first, I believe, first or 31st, I have to actually look at the recording. A few days ago, God gave me a very, very powerful song. Who can understand your ways? Who can know your plans? Who can know your mind? Who can know your thoughts? No one can. But you know who can? Those are close with God. And the Lord had the whole song turned over. He made his ways known to Moses. What others don't know, Moses knows it. And his acts to the children of Israel. The children of Israel saw water turn to blood. The children of Israel saw the Egyptians drown in the Nile, in the Red Sea. The children of Israel saw the locusts come. The children of Israel saw night on the other side, but sunshine and day for them on this side. He made the children of Israel to see his acts, to see the greatness of God. Why did God do that? Why did God give you past victories? Why did God do things for you in the past? Why? Why did he do this to you? Why did God have to bless you? Why did God have to answer your prayers? Why did God have to do all those things while you were in Egypt? Why did God have to do it? The reason why God did those things was to strengthen you now. So when you go through the wilderness, you will look up to God and look up to what he did for you. That your faith may not fail. Your faith should not fail. We saw yesterday the importance of faith when our faith is put to test. When your faith is put to test, your faith should not be shaky and your faith should not fail. In order for your faith not to be shaky and your faith not to fail, you have to have that endurance. In order for that endurance that you need to have and develop, you need to depend on God. You need to look to God. You need to come to a place of total dependency on God and say, God, without you, I can do nothing. That means you don't simply sit and say, without you, I can do nothing, so I'm not doing anything. No, you do something by that is you wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. These are things that will take place supernaturally in the lives of those who wait on him. That means I can't do anything, Lord. Without you, I can't do anything. But I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to simply do what you're telling me to do, I will not do anything else. In the lives of such people, they will see extraordinary grace. They will see extraordinary strength. They will see extraordinary things happen in their lives. You know why? Because heaven is interfering now. 
Heaven is working now. You know why? Because you are not hyperactive. You have retrieved. You have pulled back. And you said, Lord, I can't do anything. I will wait on you. Waiting on God is trusting on him. Waiting on God is praising him because you trust him. Waiting on God is obeying God's commandments that God has told you. Waiting on God is simply doing what you know is right before him while you wait without you putting your two cents in and jumping ahead of God and like steering the holding the steering wheel and turning it to your side because you are panicking at the moment. God is speaking to you at this hour. A thousand may fall at your side, a ten thousand at your right hand. But can you sit still? Can you sit still? Can you not do anything about what God hasn't told you to do? Can you sit still and stay put? Can you do something God told you to do? Do it right now without any delay. Will you do it? Those are the people God is looking for. People of action. That means people of action are people who will do when they're told to do right away and will not do until they are told to do something. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all those who are oppressed. When he sees oppression, he can't stand it. But you know what? If he sees his people getting oppressed, he is going to do something about it. It's not just he can't stand it. He will do something, which is he executes his righteousness. God executes his righteousness. Now, he made known his ways to Moses. Others can't know. My ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways. And his ways we can understand. I has not seen, ears have not heard. Nor hath it occurred into the hearts of men. What God prepares for those who love him. All those things are right. Whose eyes? Whose eyes don't know? Whose ears don't know? Whose mind doesn't understand? Those who don't know God. But those who are walking with God... They know what God is doing. They know what God is up to. He's up to something big. He's up to something good. He's up to something great and glorious. They know what God is doing. They know what season they are in. Because he's made his ways known to Moses. That means when he's doing something, he says, Moses, this is what I'm doing. This is how God is leading our church. Before something happens, he comes and says, this is what's going to happen. Watch out. This is what's going to happen. I'm with you. This was happening and this what is going to happen. And this is how I'm going to turn this around. God speaks. Didn't he do that in August? He did. Didn't he do that in July? Yes, he did. Didn't he do that in January? Yes, he did. Didn't he do that last year? Oh, yes, he did. We saw the mighty hand of God move on our behalf. We saw the mighty hand of God bring out the liars out. We saw the mighty hand of God rip that mask off and expose the wolves that are there. We saw the mighty hand of God. What we can't do in our human strength. We saw the mighty hand of God just come through in such powerful ways. This is who our God is. He made known his ways to Moses. Yes. He showed it to Moses. Moses, this is what I'm going to do. Moses, this is exactly what's going to happen. Moses, when you're going this way, Pharaoh is going to come. He told Moses way before Pharaoh came. When Pharaoh even thought that he was going to go, Moses already knew. You're going to come here and I'm going to open the Red Sea and this is what's going to happen. Moses even told the people, God has said that this guy is going to come. And because, you know what? What God told Moses, Moses told the people. Guess who really got scared? Not Moses, the people. Why? Because Moses had faith and he trusted God. The people were looking at Pharaoh. He, they were looking at the army, even though they knew God was going to take them. 
by the way that the Lord has promised. Has God promised you something? Has God promised you something? Did he say that I'm going to do something? If he has said it, make sure you hold on to it by walking uprightly before God. To the perverse, God will show himself perverse, the Bible says. To the crooked, God will show himself crooked. That means if you're devious, God will pull tricks on you. Remember, if you think you're smart and you're duping and deceiving people, God will make sure you get tricked. Guess what happened to Jacob? Jacob thought he was very smart. Rachel thought she was, uh, Rebecca thought she was very smart. They thought, we are very smart. Rebecca was very smart. Jacob was very smart. They could have used their wisdom for God, but instead they let the enemy work in their lives. They used all the gifts and talents God is, God gave them in the wrong way. Jacob and Rebecca had very good skill to dress up Jacob the way that Esau was and to make him smell just like Esau is not an ordinary thing. The skill. What did that bring? What did that bring? Separation between mother and her favorite son. What did that bring? It brought Jacob into bondage to Laban. What else did that bring? Oh, he got deceived by his father-in-law many times. He became a workhorse. Did he live? Not really. Until he made a deal with God of heaven and began to seek God. Until he repented for all his sins. God worked in him. God made known his ways to Moses. Why? Because Moses was faithful in all his household. Out of all the people in Israel, there was this man who was more faithful than the rest of the people. You had, you know, you know, when God brought Moses, God knew that there's a faithful man whom I can count on. God brought him and he made his ways known to Moses. Moses, before the children of Israel knew, he told Moses, Moses, I've heard them cry. I've heard their cry turn into groaning. Moses, I want you to go and deliver them. I want you to tell them that I'm going to give them a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, who got all the revelation? Moses got all the revelation. He made known his ways to Moses. Moses, you're going to take them from Egypt and you're going to take them to the promised land. He made known his ways to Moses. And then his acts to the children of Israel. These two are two separate things. Moses got to know God's plan while the children of Israel didn't. But through Moses, the children of Israel got to hear God's plan. After that, they were entrusted by God with this plan that God gave, which was to put faith in what God said, which is, if God said that you're going to go to the promised land, then no matter what happens, you know that you're going to go to the promised land. If he says you're going to go to the other side, then you are going to go to the other side. No question about it. No matter what happens in the middle, you know that this is what God said, and it shall come to pass. So, in order for the faith of the children of Israel to be strengthened, God showed his acts to the children of Israel. That means he showed his power witnessing the ten plagues. God showed his power. Opening the Red Sea, God showed his power. 
pouring manna from heaven, giving angels food to human beings, God showed his power. God showed his power in many, many, many occasions by bringing water out of the rock. God showed his power to the children of Israel. But to Moses, God made known his ways. That means what was going to happen, God revealed it. What he was about to do, God revealed it. He showed his ways. That means his plans. What God has planned, God showed it to the people who were closest to him. To Moses, to Abraham, to Job. Job talked about the coming of God. To Enoch. Enoch talked about the coming of God. These were Old Testament saints way back before the prophecy of Isaiah came. God made known his ways to all these people. So in every generation, those who are very, very close to God, God reveals to them what is happening. Other people don't know. The rest of the Israel don't know. But God's people who are close to God get to understand the ways of God. That means what God has planned and what God is doing. I want to take you to the scripture that uh, talks about this. I'm going to take you there in a moment. Let me just go there for a minute. Let's just go there. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human being can comprehend the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That means nobody can see, nobody can know, nobody can understand what God has prepared for those who love him. That's a big secret. God has prepared something, a big secret for those whom God loves. God has prepared something and he's shielding it. Nobody knows it. Guess what? Just go to verse 10. But these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. What God has prepared to those who love him. What God has prepared for those who love him. People who are not close to him. People who are not walking in the spirit. Cannot understand or have a clue about what God has prepared. Let me read this in the New Living Translation. I want to just take you to a few translations in this um, scripture because it's very important. But to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. I just said that two minutes ago. The plans of God, He's it's a secret. He shields it. No one can understand. No one can know. Not even the regular Israel. But those who walk in the spirit are one spirit with him. They know the spirit of God who searches everything. He reveals everything through his spirit. So let's just read over here. Verse 10 again. I'm going to read it in English Standard Version. Let me just go to 9 and 10 in ESV. And I'm going to read it to you. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And let's go to verse 10 in the ESV. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. What people 
in general will not know, will have no clue of. The Spirit of God, who knows the ways of God, through the Spirit of God, he reveals it. That's prophecy. He speaks and he reveals the secrets of God, the plans of God, what God is about to do. Uh, Without it, people won't know. The Spirit of God searches the depths of God and it reveals it. But that secret of the Lord is only with those who fear him. So that brings us to, let's just go back to Psalm 103. And we go here to verses 17 and 18. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to his children's children. Who are his children? I mean, who are the children's children who receive the mercy of God? Verse 18 is the key here. To such as keep his covenant. It's so important. You have a contract. You make sure you uphold the side, your side of the contract. He is the covenant God. And that contract will be sustained as long as you keep your side of the covenant. It's like the mortgage, home loan, right? They give you the home loan and you go and sign at the closing. And what is it? I'm giving you this much loan for you, for you to have your house. As long as you pay your monthly mortgage payments. If you default on the loan, the mortgage company will not say, well, I have made a covenant with you, so I will continue to give you the money while you don't pay your mortgage. No. You cannot, as long as you pay your mortgage, as long as you pay your mortgage, you can keep your house. But if you default on your mortgage, you break your side of the contract because when you signed it, you said, I will be paying whatever the amount is, you know, 2000 3000 1000 whatever it is. You say that I will make this monthly payment and you sign on the dotted line. And the lender signs on his line saying that you pay it and you can keep the house as long as you keep making the payments. You are in contract. When you are in contract with your lender, you decide to break the contract because for whatever reason you say, I'm not able to pay the mortgage. The mortgage company is not obligated to give you the house. No, they're actually going to take the house away from you. At that point, the contract is made null and void. Nobody should think God is a lopsided God. No, he made a contract and, you know, he is a covenant-keeping God. Well, he is a covenant-keeping God to those who keep the covenant. Understand that. Contract is two-sided, not one-sided. Just like a marriage covenant is two-sided. Contract with God covenant with God is two-sided. There's no one-sided. Contract cannot be a contract with one-sided. Why even have anything? Because if it's one-sided, why even sign? There's nothing to sign. Contract is a two-sided with two parties involved. And covenant with God is God's covenant with you. God's covenant with me. Whatever covenant that God has made with me, as long as I'm faithful in serving the Lord, God will uphold that covenant. If I turn treacherous to the living God, he will break the covenant and a curse will come. Same goes for every single person. As long as you make the covenant with God, same thing goes for healing. That's why I tell many, many times. 
You receive healing, make sure you're faithful to God with everything that you've received from God. Never become treacherous against the living God. Never become treacherous against the people God has used in your life who bears the anointing of God, the spirit of God, to who delivered you with the healing from God. Because what will happen is the whole thing will work out against you. Covenant is two-sided. To such people who keep his covenant, I'm reading Psalm 103, verse 17 and 18 here, verses 17 and 18. And before that, uh, from what did we read before? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. So the second verse, verse, verse was verse uh, 10, I believe. So as we go here to Psalm 103, verses 17 and 18, God keeps his covenant to those who keep his covenant. And he says, to your children and to their children, to you, I will be merciful. And to those who remember his commandments to do them, God says, God is very keen on us obeying him. Someone says, ah, you can't keep your Ten Commandments. Well, as Pastor Deep spoke, we have many more than Ten Commandments. If you can't keep your Ten Commandments, you're in deep trouble. Because Ten Commandments is basic stuff. We have to know that we are capable people. If we can obey traffic laws, if we can obey our tax laws, yes. If we can, I mean, I hope nobody's evading laws here. Nobody is not paying their taxes and cheating on it. I hope not. If you can obey traffic laws, if you can obey your tax laws, if you can obey other laws that you need to when you're mandated to wear a mask and you can't go into the office where you have to get medical help, you know how to wear your mask and go. At that time, you don't say, well, I'm not convinced and I don't believe in wearing masks. You can say all you want. But you know what? If you have to go into the building for yourself, for your loved ones, you have to wear a mask, put that on and go. That's what you do. So you know how to do that. But when it comes to the things of God, you say 10,000 things as to why we can't keep what God said. Well, that means man's rules are better. And man's rules are something that you honor and keep you know why you get earthly consequences if you speed and you go you get a ticket you can even lose your license if you go beyond a certain speed limit if you go and steal and and do things that are not right shoplifting you can end up in jail you have earthly consequences right when it comes to things of God, people think that they don't see the consequences in front of them. So what they say, well, you know, we can't do this and we can't keep this and we can't do this and we can't keep this. Not knowing that there are consequences that follow. Well, Satan's very happy when you don't keep the covenant with God. You know why? When you're in the covenant relationship with God, he protects your soul. He protects your body. He keeps your soul. He keeps your body. When you break the covenant with God, you are an open game to the demons that are out there. They all dance around you. They say, hey, we found a victim here that we can abuse and we can do whatever because this is an unguarded fence over here. This is an unguarded garden over here, fenceless garden over here. This is an unguarded property or a child that is wandering somewhere where the parents are not there. It's just going, la, 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 and then, you know, a predator comes. 
You need to be under the covenant relationship with God, where God can guard your soul and your body. He is the keeper of your soul. He is the keeper of your body. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Are you in that covenant relationship with God so that you can really take advantage of every blessing that has been given by God from Calvary? May God speak to our hearts at this hour. To such as keep his covenant. To those who remember his commandments to do them. What do you have to do? Remember. Remember. Think. Remember. What have I told God that I will do? Think and remember. What has he told me to do? We can't say, oh Lord, I forgot. Is it important to you? Write it down. If it's important to you, write it down. If it's not important to you, you're not going to bother with it. Because God knows whether you really respect him or not. God sees whether you regard him or not. God sees whether you're keeping his covenant or not. To those who keep his covenant, to such people, there's divine protection. There's divine provision. He keeps your soul and he provides for your soul. He keeps your body. He provides for your body. And he takes care of your family. He takes care of your children. And he takes care of their children. As long as your children and their children stay within the covenant of God. If your children don't stay in the covenant of God. If your children's children don't stay in the covenant of God. Guess what? They have no protection from God. They have nothing from God because The protection and provision of God is only for those who are in the covenant relationship with God. I mean, Satan has full way in such people. He has a field there. He can do whatever he wants to do with them because they're not within the covenant relationship of God Almighty. To such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do that. The mercy of God is for what? Everybody says, oh God, I know God is merciful. God is merciful. Who is God merciful to? Verse 17. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Underline the word, fear him. Only to those people God shows mercy. Not for anyone and everyone. God's mercy is for those who fear him. Those who are within the covenant relationship. And God's mercy is upon the children of the righteous. God's mercy is upon the children of the righteous. That means their children need to be righteous too. Just because I'm righteous, God is not bound to bless my children who are out of the way of God. No, that blessing will not go. But if I'm righteous and I train my child in the ways of righteousness and my children are righteous, then as a result of my righteousness and their righteousness, there's a blessing, a flood of blessing that goes to them also because... They have made the choice to be in that covenant relationship with God. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him in righteousness to children's children, to such who the entire generation that keeps the covenant of God and to those who remember to keep his commandments and to do them. It's good to remember the commandments, but if you don't do them, guess what? God's mercy will not follow you. If you remember the covenant of God and if you don't do them, guess what? He is not going to be the guarantee for your soul and for your body, for your family. Understand this. We need to know the word of God. I don't care who says what and who speaks false teaching. Could be a megachurch demon inspiring a megachurch demon worshiper. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. 
It was one Noah who was preaching against the whole world. Guess what? He entered into the ark. His family entered into the ark. The animals that depended on him, they all entered into the ark. All those who, the majority of them who heard and unlocked and said, Hey, we're the mega church. Look at the lights and I look at the dance and look at the party and oh, it's all grace and oh, it's all prosperity and oh, it's all goodness and oh, it's all mercy and look at what we have and look at what we can do. Look at all the show we can produce. Wow. At that time, when they cry, their voice will not be heard, just like in the generation of Noah. When they say, God, help us, oh Lord, Lord, he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. What right do you have to take my name upon your mouth, upon your lips? God will say that. That's what his word says. Depart from you, you workers of iniquity. Oh, he sees the works. Oh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. The eyes of the Lord, they're scanning to and fro to see the works of the people. What are you doing? What are you talking? What are you thinking? My God sees all of that. Would you speak in the phone with your friends and with your family, with your relatives, with all the people around? Are you speaking that which is pleasing to God? He hears all of that. And based on all of that, he executes his judgment. Based on all of that, he will determine whether he's going to hear your prayers. And I mean, we can say, oh, he hears my prayers all the time. Really, that's what the people who said, Lord, 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 thought that. But the danger of it is when you lie to others, you lie to yourself. And you know what? You spin a web called deception around you. And you think that you are secure until you yourself can't see the web and those around you any longer. The deception becomes so thick. That fog becomes so thick. You know why? Because you spun yourself into that web. Now, you know what you have to do? Sit and eat that fruit of what you did. God is speaking to our hearts today. Deception will cause you not only to be deceived, but fall into the great pit called the great deception on the lap of Lucifer, the deceiver. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. Never play games with God. Never choose lie over the truth. Never choose lie over the truth. Never choose lie over the truth. Because the deceiver will take you right into his lap and he'll say, Hey, I'm going to burn. You're going to burn. Let's all burn. Come. Now you want to burn? We want to burn for Jesus, but not burn in hell. We want to burn right bright for Jesus over here as the sun that's burning. When the sun burns, the sun is not negatively affected. The sun is actually giving out heat. It's being a blessing. That's the fire we want. We want the holy fire upon ourselves. So we can become shining stars and light for God Almighty. But if we choose death, when we face death, don't cry. Don't ask, why, Lord? Why, Lord? I don't understand. Why, Lord? God will say, you don't understand? Why? Think about all the things you did. Now you know why. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Let's go to one more scripture here. Verse 20, 21, and 22. Verses 20, 21, and 22. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, you who do his word. Those who do his word are the ones who excel in strength. You need to have the strength to do his word. In order to have the strength to do his word, you need to be connected to Jesus Christ. You who do his word, heeding 
the voice of his word. Very similar to what we just read. You take heed to the commandments and do them. The same thing is here. You take heed to the word of God and heed the voice of God. That means you do the word. You hear the word. You do the word. You hear the word. You do the word. There's no doing without hearing, first of all. So hearing is important. But if hearing is there, no doing is there. You'll be like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the fall will be great with a loud noise. Bless the Lord, you his angels. That means you, his ministering servants. Who excel in strength, who do his word. When you do his word, you have extraordinary strength that comes from God. Heeding the voice of his word. His word has a voice. The voice of the Lord causes the cedar to split into half. The voice of the Lord is all powerful. To all those who heed his voice and do his word, they have this extraordinary strength that comes from God. Bless the Lord, all you, his host, you minister of his, who do his pleasure. You see how much doing we see here? Based on our doing on that day where we go in or not, based on our doing on here on earth, whether we are going to be protected by God or not. Based on our doing, because our doing is the measurement of our faith. Your doing, that means you're obedient to God, is a marker. It shows how much faith you have. Do you have real faith? Do you have fake faith? Do you have living faith? Do you have dead faith? Are you real or are you faking? You're doing shows. And as the Spirit of the Lord spoke to us a day ago or so, our own words, our own words, God says, Jesus said, by own words we shall be justified or we shall be condemned. You know how he measures our words to say whether we did things right or not? It goes against the word of God. That's what the Lord showed me. The balance is there and the weights are his word. Against his word will be our words. If we are found wanting in the balance, oh, that'll be a horrible day. If we are found wanting in the balance, oh, it'll be a very distressing day because you can't take back. Once you speak, you can't take that back. Once you do destructive things, you can't fix it. You need the blood of the Lamb to cleanse you this day. You need the blood of the Lamb to wash you clean this day. You need the blood of the Lamb to set things right this day. And this is where the cross comes in. This is where the sacrifice comes in. Way the Old Testament we have this. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. Not just a New Testament, some kind of a stunt that God pulled over here. Oh, the Old Testament people, poor people, they didn't have any forgiveness. Oh, New Testament people, because Jesus didn't, we have forgiveness. No, no, no. Even the Old Testament, our God is good, merciful. He forgave them of all their sins, all their iniquities. And even the Old Testament, he healed them of all their diseases. Who were those people who got all their sins forgiven and who got all their diseases healed? Those who are in the covenant relationship with God. He's the covenant God who keeps his covenant to all those who keep their covenant with the covenant keeping God. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He made his ways known to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel or to his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What you can't see, he can see. And what he can see, those who are close to him can can see. 
what those who are not close to him cannot see, those who are close to him can see. Hallelujah. For he made his ways known to Moses. Hallelujah. And his ways to the children of Israel, his acts to the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Take a few moments in the presence of God. God is calling you for a deeper walk. God is calling you for something significant. God is calling you for something far glorious. Are you willing to keep your covenant with God? Are you willing to keep your covenant with God? Are you willing to make a covenant with God? Are you willing to follow him for the rest of your life? Are you willing to be real, genuine, true? Are you willing to be his rare treasure? Do you want God to be the keeper of your body and keeper of your soul, keeper of your family? Are you walking with God? Are you leading your family in the righteous path? He will keep that which belongs to you if you keep your side of the contract with God. Hallelujah. Be careful to keep his commandments. Be careful to do it. God is looking for doers of his word. God is looking for doers of his word. God is looking for doers of his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. For you promised to pour your spirit out on your sons and your daughters. Lord, I'm thirsty and dry. I lift my hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain. Lord, you promised to pour your spirit out on your sons and your daughters. Lord, I'm thirsty and dry. I lift my hands to the sky. It's beginning to rain. Hallelujah. It's beginning to rain. Hallelujah. It's beginning to rain. Hallelujah. The work of the Lord is righteous. Hallelujah. The work of the Lord is righteous. Hallelujah. The work of the Lord is righteous. Hallelujah. The work of the Lord is right. Hallelujah. Oh, and the Lord is eager to bless all those who keep the covenant with God. Hallelujah. God is eager to prosper all those who keep their covenant with God. Hallelujah. God is waiting to bless all those who keep their part of the covenant with God. Hallelujah. No excuses. Hallelujah. God is not looking for any excuse from anyone. Be real. Be real. Don't say, Lord, I didn't do it because of this. Take that because and trash it tonight and say, Lord, I will obey you regardless of what happens. Lord, I will serve you regardless of what happens. I will not be a person of excuses. Hallelujah. Lying lips are an abomination to God and excuses will not stand in the presence of God. Even if it's real excuses, God says, oh, you know what? I'm not first in your life. That's why you're able to produce excuses. God is speaking at this hour. Be real. Be real. God is not looking for even one person of fakeness. It's an abomination to God. A little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. God is looking for people who are 100% real. Those whose hearts are loyal towards God Almighty. Hallelujah. Be genuine. Be a genuine gem. Be a genuine gem before God. Be a genuine gemstone before God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
that all those who name the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Don't deceive yourself. Don't spin a web around you, a web of lies around you and stay inside because it will crush you. At that time, even if you cry, you won't get the help. It will not happen. It will not happen. Hallelujah. Be real, be real, be real, be real, be real. Hallelujah. God is looking for those who are real, those who are genuine, not those who spin lies and hide themselves behind lies. God is looking for those who are of the truth, who will keep their side of their covenant with God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Take some time in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Whatever you need to set right before God, you set right before God at this hour. Hallelujah. Tell the Lord, oh Lord, my God. Oh Lord, my God. Hallelujah. Tell the Lord, oh Lord, my God. Hallelujah. I'm going to do that which is right before you. Don't let sin in your house. Don't tolerate sin in your house. Don't tolerate sin in your house. Don't let sin come into your house. Don't let sin come into your house. If you let sin come into your house, if you let sin come into your house, God will leave your home and evil spirits will take over. Remember, don't let sin come into your house. Don't please man and let sin come into your house. If sin comes into your house, death will come into your house. If sin comes into your house, destruction will come into your house. Sin comes with Satan. If you let sin come into your house to please another human being, know for sure God will not stay there. God will leave. Then curse will be there, sickness will be there, disease will be there, premature death will be there. All kinds of foul things will be there. God is speaking at this hour. Straighten out that which is crooked in your life. This is what the Holy Spirit is saying at this hour. Straighten out that which is crooked in your life. You do it. Straighten out that which is crooked in your life. Whatever is crooked in your life, straighten it out right now in Jesus' name. Straighten it out. Whatever is crooked in your life, straighten it out in the name of Jesus. No excuses. Where you need to set right before God, set right before God. For the judge of all judges is at the door. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Keep your side of the covenant with God. God will do wondrous things in your life. God will do wondrous things in your life. God will do wondrous things in your life. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God will do wondrous things in your life. For he is the God of the living and not of the dead. Only those who have a living relationship with God. Only those who are alive in Christ, walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. Will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Only those who are alive in the spirit, walking in the spirit will have the needs of their soul met, will have the needs of their bodies met. Hallelujah. God will meet the needs of your soul. He will meet the needs of your body. God will prosper your soul. God will prosper your body. It's a very definite prof. You will see the prosperity of your soul. You will see the prosperity of your body in this month of September. As long as you are within that covenant relationship with God and you fear him, 
for who he is. God will make the impossible possible. God will open rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. Your trenches shall be filled with water. Hallelujah. This is the word of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Your drought shall come to an end. Hallelujah. Your face shall shine with the oil of gladness. That's the Lord most high. Hallelujah. 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 There will be no emptiness, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord knows all those who belong to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Many good news we'll get this month. In this month of September, a lot of good news God will give to God's people. Hallelujah. A lot of good things will happen in this month of September. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This month will be a divine month. Hallelujah. With divine visitations from the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Many more blessings that God has. You know, I see the package and I see God unfolding and unpacking the stuff to give to his people in this month of September. To those who keep their side of the contract with God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this month of September and for all the things that you've spoken and for your word that you've given to your people. You're alive and you are in our midst. I thank you, Lord, for this word that you've given to us. Our God, our Lord, our King, and our God. We yield the members of our bodies to you at this hour. We pray to do whatever it pleases you, Lord. We want to be servants of you who do your good pleasure. As we read in Psalm 103. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word that you have spoken. Thank you for the good word of the Lord that has come to us this night. To build us up. To build us up. Hallelujah. To build us up. Hallelujah. To repair that which is broken. With no trace of the brokenness. Hallelujah. You will mend everything that is broken. To utter perfection. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. For lo, I'm with you. Always. Until the end of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Continue to cover your people, Father. We shall be blessed in our going out and we shall be blessed in our coming in. And I pray that your blessing rest upon your people this night. And I pray as they meditate on this word that you have released upon them, may they take it to heart. May they meditate on it and go deeper with it, Father. Bless them. Bless each and every one of them, Father, here. May the strength of God be imparted into their spirits at this hour. That they may chew on this word, that they may meditate on this word, that they may walk in this word, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I pray may ever-abiding presence be with your people this night. Until we meet again tomorrow, Father, I pray. The Spirit of the living God do a work of deeper sanctification. That 
the deeper revelation of God may be understood by the people of God, that they may not be deceived by any spirit of deception that comes from anywhere. To guard their minds, O Father. And may they guard their hearts with all diligence. All that they may be among those who enter in and not be cast away. With this blessing, I bless them with that your people may be among the wheat and not among the tares. That your people may be among the good fish and not among the bad. Hallelujah. That your people may be among those who be gathered into the barn and not be cast away. For this I ask in Jesus' name and I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.